Hi, it's Jeannie. I'm back. This is my second podcast. So this time we're going to talk about talking to your kids about adoption. I've talked about this so many times to adoptive families in our education groups, and it's one of the things that they always ask. So I'm gonna, I don't, not going to sound too preachy here, but I'm just going to kind of give you some tips. So it's not about when you start talking about adoption, because it is from day one, like you're going to start right away. So you are um, actually doing it when the kids are really little, like preschool age, you're kind of rehearsing because you want to make sure you have a comfort level. So you want to be natural and normal. And of course, with open adoption, it's so easy because you have the birth mom probably right there somewhere from time to time. So, so easy that way. Um, It's going to depend, you know, on where your child is developmentally, of course, cognitively speaking. As they're cognitively ready in different stages, they can understand more and more and more detail. So when they're really little, um, like preschool age, they... um, they seem like they know more than they really do. And we always used to suggest that you do a life book. It's sort of like, you know, a baby book that you do when you're bio parents, but people never follow through. (laughs) They start with good intentions and never keep it up. But, you know, kind of a life book from the beginning. Kids always like to hear their story. So in preschool, that's like two to six. They tend to have, you know, nonstop questions. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the commercial on TV. It's so cute. It's that little girl sitting in the back seat in her car seat asking her dad question after question. He's like, oh, (laughs) it's really cute, but it's so real. So again, it's about your comfort level. Um, The more comfortable you are with questions about adoption, obviously you're going to answer honestly. The more your little one will be encouraged to ask questions and to learn um, and talk with you more about their feelings. So the more you talk about it and the more you normalize it, the more they're going to feel okay about talking to you about it. Because kids, you know, they sense a discomfort when answering questions, especially about emotions, which tends to be, I mean, it's not like the sex talk, (laughs) because you're always talking about it. But it's you need to have a comfort level with that. And you're talking about issues like infertility and conception and birth. So, of course, you know, that's down the road. But again, depending on their developmental stage. So kids like to hear their story. You know that they ask, tell me about when I was born. And they like to hear it over and over again. You repeat their story because they will focus on different aspects at different developmental stages. So you just, you pro- they probably, you, you're probably going to get tired of it. They, they're always going to ask. At preschool age, they appear to understand more than they do. You know, they will parrot things back to you. Like if you say you're adopted, they're like, I'm adopted. And Susie is your birth mother. They will say that back, but they don't really get it. They may not know, you know, Susie. They might see Susie, but they may not um, really get that yet when they're preschool. So you just have to kind of keep saying it over and over again. You might say things like, 
you grew in Susie's tummy. But again, they can't really get that concept of being placed for adoption and why. I mean, they can get that later. Birthdays kind of bring up a lot of stuff too, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. So at this point, you're actually doing it for yourself. Like when they're little like that, you're kind of rehearsing, you're practicing, like you're laying the foundation for later. Um, So later, like, you know, school age, they begin, like five to seven maybe, school age kids, they begin to understand more about complex relationships and they're just beginning to do that. So say maybe five to seven, most kids can understand conception. Maybe they've had a dog or a cat give birth to puppies or kittens. So they kind of get that and that's good. Um, They really do get it. Then they can get that, you know, you grew in Susie's tummy or uterus or whatever word you want to use. And maybe they've seen a pregnant woman and you've talked about that. So they can, they're beginning to understand another set of parents. So here is when I remind you that it's only, you know, that you really only answer the question that's asked. It's, that's really all they want. Like they'll ask and then they'll just run off and play. Because And you're still talking. You're like, yeah, elaborating. <laughs> they don't want that. They just need what's asked. Um, so then 11, so 8 to 11, the tween years. There they begin to understand blood relations. And at this age, they just want to know if they're different from other kids. Like, do I fit in? They really want to hear their birth story again. So here you go again. You're starting from the beginning. Another thing at this age, you probably need to start anticipating a normal grief response. Um, and I know you might say, oh, no, that's, that won't happen. But I promise it will. Remember, even with open adoption, they still come into the world with a loss. If they do talk about any of these kinds of feelings, you want to encourage them to express their feelings and let them know that that's normal and okay. If you don't, then they're going to clam up. And sometimes they really won't talk about it. So a little story. I'm going to tell you Elena's story. Lena uh, was uh, eight years old, and she had a birthday party, and everybody was hanging out for the birthday party, and all of a sudden, Elena disappeared. And her mom um, went upstairs, found her in her room crying, And her first words were, do you think my birth mom ever thinks about me? And of course, her mom was extremely perceptive and said to her, probably every single day. So, you know, that opened up the door. Um, With Elena's story, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it. She, um, her birth mother, who I worked with, was in a an abusive relationship and really just wanted to get away. She just wanted out. She wanted this to end. She wanted the pregnancy to end. She wanted everything to end. She just wanted, she was going to move. She just was like done. She's so done. And so even though birth parents fill out extensive medical history forms, which is, so, I can imagine, so, so helpful, um, she didn't do it. 
And so Elena had nothing. It was so sad. So that just shows you how horrible all the mystery and secrecy is in closed adoption. It's just not what we did, but I couldn't get her to even budge. I could hardly get her to go to court. So poor Elena has nothing and probably never will. She did ask me when she was around 11, she asked me to come to her house and talk to her about what I knew about her birth mom. And the main thing she wanted to know is, do I look like her? And she looked exactly like her. So I told her that. I told her what I could, but she won't have anything, and it's it's pretty sad for her. So now we go, kind of go into the teens, so it's 12 to 13. Here they have identity issues, which are completely normal and natural. And on top of all those identity issues, they're doing their job and beginning to separate from their parents. So... You know, they're beginning to um, question so many things. And again, here's where open adoption comes in. It's so, just so fabulous for them because they need to learn who they are in relation to having two sets of parents. So they may be noticing and paying more attention to their birth mom or birth family and, you know, who they look like. And they may have been feeling all pretty much all their life that, They don't really belong, like they're, you know, so different from their adoptive family. So again, here's where open adoption is so great. So it can be a hard time at that time because they need a lot of awareness and they just, it's, it's that whole identity thing that's, that's just hard no matter what. And it's a little bit exacerbated when you're dealing with adoption, but open helps so much. So it may, you know, actually hit them that they were given up, quote, and you don't really ever want to use that word, but they can certainly understand at this point, and maybe even in sc- at school age, that their birth mom, maybe you, an example is, you know, your birth mom was 16 years old. She had no parental support. She had no job. She was trying to go to school. She had no idea how to take care of a child. The father wasn't there. And so they can kind of start to see, gosh, I'm kind of close to that age. I can't imagine taking care of a baby. So that's, you know, helpful. And you always want to use positive adoption language, like you weren't given up, that your birth mom actually made a plan for you. It was one of the hardest things that she ever did but she did it because she loved you and because she was she wanted more for you than she could give you she wanted you to have a mom and a dad and she couldn't provide that so you kind of you get the picture there so of course these things um you guys can talk about at any point but those are kind of the main ages that you kind of want to think about when talking to your kids about adoption um, questions, questions. If you do, please get a hold of me. I will be so happy to talk to you. And next time I'm going to have a fabulous guest. So let's keep going.